In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music excoriated the order and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts. We promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. We are all the way up to album 116. Guys, that's like the second time you can get your license. It's when you turn 116 years old. A lot of people don't know that. It's not 32 or 48. No, it's you get it again when you're 116. Okay. And if it's anything like when I got my license, you take the car out and immediately almost get T-boned. Enforcing what you always knew about yourself, that you were a failure. Uh, and we have... Rob, I the, thought we were going to talk about our T-boned experiences on this podcast. <laughs> that reminds me of when I... One summer, dear Penthouse, one summer I worked on the golf course. <laughs> Let me tell you about this. We were playing from the ladies, playing from the ladies' tees, if you know what I mean. Uh, it's just so great that you're like, somebody's like, you know what? God, you know, banging that old lady on a golf course was great, but you know what would make it better? If the whole world knew about it. I better write Penthouse and let them know that I have this story. Why would I hide my light under a bushel? I got to share this with the world. Yeah, It's like, I don't have any friends that want to hear this at all, but you know who does? The same people who buy Penthouse. Not going to go to that. We've got disintegration by... We've got, so let's jump right from that Pendel story too. We've got disintegration by The Cure. As you guys know, the other night, uh, we had a little special guest on the podcast. Uh, she didn't know she's a special guest on the podcast, but you could hear her for about 50% of it as she uh, she helped out in the background. So let's, here's a little song dedicated to, uh, I, I just like to call her my special helper here at home. So <laughs> and please don't tell her I said that. Let's see. Yeah, she's not listening. What's up, everybody? Welcome to K-Rob. K-R-O-B. Listen, you get to that point in the podcast where you're recording on the living room and you don't care who's there. And I've heard people say, this is the best years of your marriage. <laughs> but it turns out I didn't hear them correctly. And it turns out they were saying, this is the best years of your marriage. Oh, Dishes? yeah. Dishes. I was recording a podcast and she knew. She decided it was time to begin. The dishes she began to do. No one could hear me over the din. Seriously, Rob, how long have you been home? You couldn't have washed those dishes before you got home. I will say, you wash them in the background. What happens at the three to six month part? Is that when they start flaking pots and pans in the back of your apartment? (laughs) No, that's fine. I thought 10 minutes you'd be through. She would quickly scrub and then she'd give a rinse. But after all, work too. The noise became quite an irritant. It's true. She scrubs and she sprays. She loves to do the dishes. She's addicted, I'd say. Every day she never misses it. If I would Can't help miss. it be done fast, but I'm doing the podcast. 
<laughs> I am doing the podcast. Can't help with the When you want to hear about the greatest the of all time. Yeah. time. But you're just too lazy to look it up online. I got to tell you about my long, my long con, my boss's wife's got going on. Long con, I've your penthouse. You'll never believe what happened to you in jail. Did it better. Long con. I get it. See, now if you really listen to my Foley work here, where I've got the dishes, you can hear my wife in the background. You can, yeah. Yelling at me to stop it. Because while I was recording that song, I was clanging the dishes literally for two minutes and 36 seconds. Stop it. And she said, please, you're driving me insane. And I was like, yeah. Don't you see? Don't you see? Russell, did you hear that? Did you hear that in the background? I, I couldn't. It just sounds like something I must be familiar well, with. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my God! It's it's learn, learn to tune it out. Uh, so somehow. listen, this is Beck did it better, and today we are talking about the cure. And I've got three guys who are the disease, and a simple uh, antifungal cream is the cure. Actually, I've got Russell in Minnesota. <laughs> Russell, how are you doing? Rob, I wanted to thank you for having me over. I left you with some photographs and pictures of my trickery, but I did want to apologize for the stains on your carpet and the stains on your scenery. Oh, oh God! Wow. <laughs> stains on your scenery. Honestly, I would say the number one thing that's caused stains in my house yeah. is my kids' slime, and they like put it on the. They throw it up, and it hits the ceiling, and it makes a stain. They put it on the wall, it makes a stain. <laughs> I've got slime stains all over the place. Uh, I've got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing tonight? Uh, good, Rob. I've been uh, hoping so long that this podcast is over that I almost believe that it was real. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. I can't do 500 minus 116 in my head, but I think it's over a big number. Uh, got a and long I've got, way to go. I've got Aaron out in California. Aaron was telling us the other day that his wife was a real keeper and he knew it was true when she wore that white suit and had that thing that makes all the smoke. Uh, Aaron, how are you doing today? <laughs> Man, Rob, it's, I've been looking so long at these pictures of you. It's nice to see you live and in person. Let's talk you about the so, cure. <laughs> you guys are so nice on the cure albums. I like the cure. The cure is Robert Smith is nice to me. Okay. And, and this might amaze you. It is not the Ohio State Robert Smith. That's the head of this. That's the lead singer in this band. Was that surprising to anybody else? Nor is it. Famed physicist Robert Smith question mark who wrote a mathematical paper on how to survive the zombie apocalypse. Well, that's the end of the. That's got. If that's not the end of the podcast, oh. we, Rob, <laughs> we, we haven't even gotten into a segment. Yet. There's actually the math behind the the spread of the zombie apocalypse. Meanwhile, the Queen guitarist is laughing like, "What a dumb shit that guy's done into physics. What a loser." <laughs> Uh, listen, uh, I'm trying to think of more Robert Smith jokes. I don't even he, have any. Robert Smith was like, he had this spin move. I was looking at Robert Smith highlight tapes and it's just constant. Uh, yeah. A Pat summer. Yeah. saying like Robert Smith with another spin move for a first down. Yeah. That's what Russ is listening to on his wireless headphones. It's the only thing that makes him hard anymore. It's Robert Smith <laughs> highlight. <tapes. laughs> Impressive for such a like a tall, lanky guy too. Like he was all legs and elbows, and had that spin move somehow. His headphone falls out, and it's right next to her ear, and she just hears like, "And that's gonna do it." Ten, <laughs> five, he's in. It's like, what are you listening to? This is so strange. I, I always remember Robert Smith because they always talked about him being such like a, a an intelligent athlete. They would be like, he almost was a he almost studied stars, yeah, or he right. almost went to he's medical a doctor. school. He it's like about yeah. medical school. <laughs> no, because they said, well, he's he's gonna stop football early, so he can go back and be a doctor. And then he's a fucking announcer on TV. I was like, Dr. Liar, big liar. 
Oh, I'm actually quite smart. I'm going to go to medical school. And then he's just, he's equally as smart as like Mike Ditka. And I said smart, okay? <laughs> Let's not talk about me saying smart instead of smart. It's actually a new word the kids are saying these days. It's pretty smart of me to say. Uh, so listen, let's get right into the voicemail. Voicemail. Hey, boys. Uh, long-time listener, oh first-time caller. I uh, just want to let you know that I was listening to random episodes up until about the end of July here. Then realized I was missing out on about 60 episodes. So what I did was I crammed through every single one of them and finished them up about a week and a half ago. <laughs> Thanks to you guys, my kids now know pretty much everything there is to know about anything that doesn't make sense in life. I appreciate that because I let them listen to it in the car like I've so listen, I got to stop this this real quick. Kids should not be listening to this podcast, okay? I wouldn't even know where to begin to explain what the Penthouse Forums joke was earlier. It's like, yeah, you kids know what a porno magazine is? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, imagine like a website, but like it's in a but magazine. It's in a paper? Yeah, and then imagine that like there's all these naked women, but there's also some stuff you could read. Like and a, I guess like a guys, prologue to a book or something yeah, like that, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Russ knew it was in the beginning, so that's strike one against Russ. Uh, and it's like, yeah, so I guess that they just wanted to read this stuff. I mean, you would, you'd, you'd sound like a psychopath. You'd sound like a, it's like, it, it's like a caveman trying to masturbate, right? Like he thinks about like some smooth rocks he saw once or something. Like it makes no I sense. I mean, to be fair, I mean, if kids are, there are cartoons in there and some of them. So I mean, That's the kids true. will probably want to yeah, look at cartoons, kid, right? Friendly content, I'm wow, sure. you pervs yeah. know a lot about Penthouse. Okay, let's move on here. I was just joking. I looked it up in a research academic way. <laughs> mentioned before and i really don't care what you guys talk about because it's an education the other thing is is my wife officially hates pretty much all of your voices from hearing you guys talk so much because i played it on speaker on my phone everywhere i went all the time uh questions for you guys uh, i know uh Rosie so let's talk about that i i do think that first of all i know i know how this caller feels because my wife also hates the podcast with the fire of a thousand suns so i totally get that can you imagine just listening to bits of the podcast like just kind of coming in and out like he's walking into the room and then one time we're laughing really hard when we say time machine and then like i, I want to remind you guys in the strokes episode i'd forgotten this there's a big running bit about ball gags like we talk about ball gags <laughs> over and over and over like i had it's forgotten like, that and i was like oh no like you'd be like what is my husband listening to i've made a huge mistake but isn't that just what all spouses are thinking right now i think okay, yeah. get a lot of nods yes yes i get a lot of nods yes okay sorry here we go you're having some issues with uh the anna stuff um have you ever tried bleaching it and uh, seeing if that cleaned things up and helped you keep you from breaking out a little bit. You know, bleaching the ants sometimes works, sometimes it's preferred. We're totally up to the consumer, though, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, second question for you guys as a group. If you had to pick up your entire family or everything you are and had to switch with one of the others in the group and live in their situation with their jobs, uh, would you do it? Or who would you select to take the place of? So all I got, boys. Keep it going. I'm just going to get this out of the way. I am not going to switch with Russ, okay? And I don't really want to get into why, but I'm just going to say it for the record. I had it written I as live in Richfield. So it's a great place to live. It's a great place to grow up. That. I would live in Richfield. Yeah, I wouldn't think... want to go to Vegas, or what's the deal? Yeah, I had it written down that I would switch with Russ, and that was going to be my big joke, but that I've decided to reverse that and say absolutely not. Would not uh, be Russ. Let's just be very clear about that. Uh, so, Russell, who would you switch with one of us if you had to just pretty much... Take on our lives. He was talking about jobs, but because we don't know what Aaron does, 
uh, at all. And in fact, I got a text about it today. Still don't understand what he does. Um, uh, Russell, who would you pick? Your full lives. We're talking full lives. I have to say, I know I've known Aaron. I've been the closest friends with Aaron the longest out of the the four of us. But Aaron lives in a world where they don't care about having air conditioning, and I just can't imagine doing that in my life. Mm-hmm. Like it's it would be such a big part of my life to be hot and uncomfortable all the time that I would have to eliminate Aaron right off the bat because I need modern appliances in my life. I, I choose not to live without it, modern appliances. So Aaron, unfortunately, is out. It's nothing personal. Yeah, it's just fair. about your your that's selections fair. of amenities. It's it's Aaron and Laura Zingles Wilders who Russell doesn't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two people. Read a book, people. I'm smart. I'm not just reading Pendos forums. Who would you, what else, Russ? Continue this logic. I, uh, I'm going to continue with the elimination principle. Now, I'm going to eliminate Rob because I don't really Shit. think I want to live in New York and I don't want to be like a an East Coast elite I live in New York. We have the best hot dogs, even though they taste like shit. We've got the best pizza, although it tastes like every other pizza you can buy in a mall everywhere. And so I just don't think I want to be a New York elitist. Oh, so I'm going to say Rob is also out. So I'm going to switch and I'm going to I'm going to live about two miles from where I live now in Matt's house instead. That's I would love to see Russell going early for the school pickup line. Just the oh. look on his face oh, when he has right. to leave the house the, to wait to beat the traffic. Can I switch traffic? with Magic Mike instead or not? <laughs> no. no, this is free fuck fest. You don't get to switch <laughs> with them and then retroactively nice. go back to the fuck fest. Uh, so, yeah, you would pick Matt. Rosie, what do you think? Who would you pick? I... Yeah, I don't know. I I, I love Russell's uh, happy-go-lucky. First of all, for you to pause that long and say, I don't know, is so insulting. Like, it's so I, insulting that you look at the three of us and you're just like, Jesus Christ, I don't know who I'd switch to. <laughs> like, you know what? Fuck you, Pat. I was, I was trying to follow Russell's footsteps. And I also, you know, I love Russell like a brother, but I, I just don't think I can keep up with his freewheeling lifestyle. I could not handle all of the trips to Nashville. Uh, I just can't keep, I, can't, I couldn't hang. So I'm not going to choose Russell. Matt is off the board, so I'm not taking Matt. So obviously, I'm going to New York, baby. I would love that. to live in Manhattan. I love that Rob always takes advantage of everything there is to do in Man- Manhattan and yep. outside of Manhattan when the apple orchards call. So I'm in. I'm taking Rob's life. Yeah, just like uh, today when I stayed inside all day and watched football on a tiny computer <laughs> screen because my apartment's not big enough for a TV. So it's super, super fun. Uh, and I do not have a Sonos soundbar. Matt, who would you pick to switch with? Well, I, I was going to try to go a little bit, you know, I would take Russell's job. Mm-hmm. Russell's got an extremely interesting job. So yeah, I would take yeah, Russell's yeah. job. Yeah, I would take Rosie's sense too, of adventure right? with uh, putting chickens in cans and going hiking up mountains <laughs> yeah. and things like that. Adventure. And I'd live in New York. I mean, I would, I would absolutely love to move to New York and live there. I mean, every live, every band goes through New York. You wouldn't miss one show yep. that you would want to see things like that, oh, yeah. all that stuff. So if I had to pick one, Rob, I would, I would, take living in New York. So I think I would have to pick, I would have to pick Aaron. I think I would love to live out in the Bay area. It sounds great. It sounds like if you don't need air conditioning rust, that's just because the temperature is just right. I don't know. Aaron's got a huge dong and that's the first thing I would do, Aaron, if I had your life and your body. Okay. The first thing I do is I'd get in the mirror and I just look at myself. Okay. And it would, it would, uh, it would be pretty awesome. I think it would be pretty good. Uh, that's what we were talking about, right? Switching bodies. By the way, just, you know, all jokes aside, that was probably the best call we've ever gotten ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a maybe, you know, maybe the, the anus joke, <laughs> anus, anus, Rosie doesn't like anus. Maybe that joke. Okay. But you know, everything after that, I mean, that, that was at least the top two phone call of all time. We, we pretty much haven't received anything better than that. Do you think, 
How do you when even you, call the Beck slide, Rob? Oh, 802-277-BECK. And feel free, because I can tell you there's a lot of space. It's wide open right now. Uh, almost to the point of getting nervous about it. Maybe think of another video to review. Uh, do you think if you get your anus bleached, you'd have no. to show somebody, right? Like, if you do, you'd have to go home and be like, hey, can I, like, check this out. Like, it's like a manicure or pedicure, right? But you gotta... Well, the only reason to do it, I would think, is if you're showing it, right? Yeah, I think Some so. yeah, form or fashion. Keep that mm. to yourself. You got that gleaming, yeah. listening white thing. You probably want to share it with the world. Isn't... isn't Am I off on that, Rob? What's your thoughts? Yeah, I guess. I mean, if I was like in a, a Abu Ghraib or something, I wouldn't care what my haircut is. You know what I mean? Like nobody's seeing me. So, like, I guess. How do we get here? If it's not sitting in, a, if it's if it's not sitting in the light of day, I'm not. I don't care about it. Why are we in hmm. Abu Ghraib? That's a good point. Because I oh, I no. also think if I got it bleached, I would try to be showing it to people. You know what I mean? I'd be like, oh, I need to. Oh, who dropped this penny over here? You know, this big white penny. Like, oh, well, I'm just, just wearing my kilt to work with no underwear. Just in case I get a chance. Just blinding light comes out of the kilt. Oh, God, his anus is so white. Do you oh guys ever God. go to like a social function and you think, hey, maybe I know something, that, you know, about someone here, about something in general, yeah. and all the rest of these people don't know, and you kind of have a smirk on your face. Mm -hmm. Do you think if you went through life with the bleached asshole, you like every room you went into, you would constantly be thinking, oh, these people yeah. don't even know. They don't know. They don't know how gleaming white it is. Yes. I got to say, though, just and I don't want to get into this, but just based on like <laughs> evidence I've seen in my life. Yeah. It, it can't stay oh, no. bleached for that long, can it? You know what I mean? Like, how long does that last? Does that even last like the walk home if it's humid out? Like, I, it just seems to be it's like it's like it's like getting your car washed. And then the atmosphere outside has uh, lots of fecal particles in it for some reason. <laughs> Even no matter how well you take care of yourself, it seems to always be there. It's an embarrassing point. So I thank this caller for bringing up this possibility for us. And do the Ooh. services like give you like a punch card? Can you go back in and get like a I six would assume for free yes. after five? Yeah, there's got to be a frequent flyer. Yeah, like every six is free. <laughs> Like, you get like a you get like a three week guarantee on the service yeah. or like what's yeah. a acceptable performance? Hey, I've been here before. Set those stirrups to eight. Okay, that's, <laughs> let's do it. Uh, how much how much different would the mark on your your sister's bathtub have looked if you'd been oh, bleaching? Hey, it would have fixed the mark. It would have rewhitened it. It's like yeah. a magic eraser. Well, that I guess is a deep pull. That's yeah. a deep pull. That. You don't know what we're talking about. That. We don't need you. We're not trying. We're obviously not trying to get new listeners. Okay, no. that part of our show is done. We have talked now about Enos Bleaching for we're happy. twenty minutes. Yeah, that's hey, that is a new listener. Plus his kids. That's two more listeners. I'm assuming they're telling their friends at school. Downloading. I went to a discount Enos Bleaching place, and uh, she she opened up a brand new magic eraser, and I left. I was like, this is what? not. What? This is not going to work. I use this uh, to clean the stylus on my turntable. You can. They're really great for that. Oh, uh, not the same one. Anus? Oh my God, that's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> All right, listen, let's, Aaron, enough, please. Okay, let's get into rolling going. We're not going to talk about. It's time to see what everybody's up to. It's time for rolling going. It'd be wild if, if you were there, right? And you were up in the stirrups and your asshole was out and all these scientists came in and they said, no, we said you reached Uranus. Uh, Aaron, rolling going. How's it going with you? It's really going Reach great. Uranus. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's autumn. I know you guys like to laugh about my choice of <laughs> seasons, but uh, I've autumn and I can't get up. 
I've come to realize that I'm a I'm a huge pumpkin patch fan. I love oh, pumpkin yes. patches. And I'm I'm a huge pumpkin patch fan. <laughs> but I've we've reached the unfortunate stage of of life and parenting where my son has a stronger opinion about things than I than I do. So of course I want to go out to Brentwood to the pumpkin patch where you get to ride a real tractor and there's a corn maze. No, no, no. There's another pumpkin patch that's $22 to get in that has oh. blow up slides and a bouncy ball pit. And that is the one we've been to three times. So that's, that's the pumpkin patch. Where three we're times. Yeah. My dude, you're, you are not, your kid is not in charge. We have to drive by it on the way to and from soccer. So you leave soccer at 11 AM on Sunday and it's like, well, we can go home and fight about lunch. Or we can go to the pumpkin patch for two hours and he's happy. Kill so two hours. Can yeah. I go back to who I said I would switch with? I'm going to change my mind. <laughs> hey, Rob, Rob, would I ever go to a two-hour pumpkin patch? No. No. <laughs> oh, my So, God. I don't know. I'm concerned now because we're, we're traveling next weekend and then we get back and it's Halloween. I don't know if I'm going to make it to my favorite pumpkin patch. So, I'm hopeful that we can get out. Get out Wait, to that that's the thing? Is that you're mad you're not going to your pumpkin patch? This is insane. Yeah, that's this whole thing, right? I'm, I'm a person, too. I matter. Um, Why don't you just buy it at like the grocery store? Can't you just buy them right out in front? It'll it'll take you eight minutes. Yeah, but the real. How many pumpkins do you have at home now? Like 10? We've only got one pumpkin. You don't don't need a pumpkin every time you go. You only have one pumpkin. That's too little. But like you can't be, you're not a fan of like just going and picking out a pumpkin, sawing it off and paying for it to go. You got to like, like the full on, they've got brats or they're serving Apple cider, they right. got apple pie, or right. Like th- oh, yeah. That's I'm the reason the you experience. like going. Yeah, the one we, the one I like to go to. You get to take a real tractor ride out to the pumpkin patch. They got like crazy pumpkins you've never seen before. They got a corn maze where you can actually get lost, and then you ride back on the real tractor, and then you like buy some honey at the barn or whatever. It's beautiful. I like the whole experience. I'm not about the pumpkins necessarily. My There's a question. great one. There's a great one in Minnesota called Seaver's Corn Maze. It's essentially a in pumpkin there. patch. You That's, know. See, I like the corn the maze. The problem with it is, is it's right next to the Renaissance Festival. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, and weird. those are, for the most part, you know, up until about last week, they're at the exact same time. And the traffic is like horrendous. Oh, wow. Absolutely horrendous. So you have, you, you've got about a two week span of being able to go to that thing at a reasonable hour with a reasonable amount of travel time. Otherwise you're just getting screwed. So no, it's, it's a, it's a tight window for the pumpkin patch people. Yeah, man, you gotta hit your, hit your right pumpkin patch when you're trying to go. Behold all ye pumpkins. We came to ye wrong location. That's I somebody never, looking for the Ren Fair getting lost in the pumpkin patch. I never Thank went you. to the Ren Fair, but I, <laughs> I have very strong recollections of going Ren to Ren Fest. Ren Fest. Oh. I never went to Ren Fest. But I remember very strongly going to the municipal liquor store in Northfield in February of 2002. And there were cases of Greenbelt Premium stacked up with Renfest stickers on them. And we bought out True. the full, <laughs> bought out the liquor store in cases of Greenbelt. And we just left, cases. That, left that skunky stuff stacked up room temperature in our dorm. And I Jesus think we were Christ. still trying to finish that stuff the day we moved it out. It turns out May. that college co-eds aren't into warm pre- Greenbelt Premium beer. That's expired. Yes. It does not matter how many bodices they're wearing, yeah. which is the number one reason I'm into the Red Fair. I love a good bodice. <laughs> We told him, hey, these cases were five bucks a piece. No, they weren't impressed with no. their three. financial three bucks. Oh, three bucks oh, a case. That's the magic eraser of anal bleaching. <laughs> <laughs> it's too cheap. It's not going to be good. 
<laughs> that's an awesome price. Remember, there used to be Firehouse Liquor too that was out, yeah. out down, you know, Dundas, and we used to go and Barry from Burnsville famously was stuck drinking like I don't know if it was lime vodka or something like that oh. for like a month and a half because he had bought six Ooh. bottles of lime vodka for like a buck and a half kind of a thing. Oh. And so that that's what he had. And he's like, well, I got to finish this sometime. So yeah. so I remember whenever I see lime vodka, I think of Barry from Burnsville. Oh. Yuck. So yeah, it's autumn. I'm celebrating the autumn. Uh, that's, that's really what's really going on with me. How's that sounds like hell. That? What, what you didn't mean? eat anything. You didn't have anything to eat this week. There's nothing good. No. Oh, I had Ethiopian on Friday. You know, actually, we had a funny conversation oh. on Friday. We, had, we went out on Friday night. Uh, there was a kids' night out, so the middle school kids and their parents invite the K through five kids to come to the school from six to eight p.m. They put on a movie, give them pizza, and then the parents get to go out. So, of course, oh, when you get this chance nice. as a parent, you have to choose somewhere that does not allow children. Right? Like you can't go out to any place where you're going to see a kid. So we, we picked up Ethiopian takeout and went to one of our favorite dive bars, the Kingfish, uh, there on Telegraph in Oakland. And we had, uh, I had the Star Special, which is now up to $8. So that's a shot of rock cut whiskey uh, with a red stripe. So I had a couple of those and we had some Ethiopian takeout and we're in, we're eating dinner and this is parents night out. It was great. It was wonderful. But at one point, like we're filling up on injera and, and, um, lentils and things. And my wife looks at me and says, this is a really wonderful dinner, but this is not like sexy date night food. And I'm thinking like, well, I definitely made a mistake there. This is my one kid's <laughs> night idiot. out of the semester. You're not, you get she's not supposed I to made. say anything. You just yeah. don't say anything. As soon as you say it, well then yeah, it's not. But if you don't bring it you up, just pretend like it is. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, power sure, through that. Sure. We yeah. feel bloated and our fingers smell like food. And yeah. <laughs> Those all like clarified you know, Aaron, butter. Fingers are not bleached. And I agree with you. What the fuck is her problem? Taking Ethiopian takeout to a dive bar? I mean, who, as the one time right? their kid's not around, who wouldn't have thought of that as the perfect date? What the right? fuck are can't you doing, you just, Aaron? Can't you just hear the panties dropping all around America as I'm oh, telling the story? Oh, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. It's so, so bleached. <laughs> Uh, so there you go, Matt. That's you a terrible date. Anything. We had we had Ethiopian takeout. We had a really nice time, though. We had a wonderful time. You know what? I'm back to switching places with you. I can show her <laughs> a good time. Okay, <laughs> not going to get Ethiopian Ethiopian food, then going to get rot gut whiskey and a red stripe. Yeah, I think my wife is ready to switch places with me and then go hang out with you guys because <laughs> there's no way I'm going to an Ethiopian restaurant. So she has to plan those for times when she knows right. that I'm not going to be with her. So that was it. It was delicious. Best, best of you. But I pass it to you, Matt. How's it really going with Matt? Good, good. I got a list. It's a quick list this nice. week. I still don't know what flashlights Siemensies are. I keep trying to figure that <laughs> One out. One of these days. Um, I, I saw on TV today when I was watching the Vikings game that Blake Shelton is leaving The Voice after 23 seasons. The how Voice has been on. Wait, how many seasons of The Voice do they have every year? So, that, so here's my question. 23. Wait, the, I thought I was 25. I was like, that's been on most of my life. And then I realized that's <laughs> not quite true. And I was like, I think yeah. they have like three of them a year kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. And so my question to you guys about that is, is that really like an awesome thing or is that completely fucking sad? Because Maybe you can tell which way I'm rolling. <laughs> Is it because I cannot name one voice winner like right. ever in 23? That's the like, thing. Yeah. Sh shouldn't I know one person that won the voice? Hmm. Right. And so the voice is not about the people who are singing. It's about these clowns that are rolling around in chairs or whatever they God, do. God, I used I to know. watch those shows, oh, though, like crazy. Dancing with the Stars. 
I watched everyone, uh, American Idol. I watched like the first five seasons. I was crazed for that stuff. I don't know. It's yeah. been replaced by Housewives and Kardashians. You know, guys, we used to have American Idol, uh, <laughs> The Voice, and Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> and now we have Housewives of Beverly Hills, The Housewives of Atlanta, and No Jobs. So think about that for a second. <laughs> Remember that when you go to the polls in three weeks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that joke, by the way, is not funny. Almost <laughs> uh, next one, Blink-182. All three members. The Tom DeLonge is back with Blink-182. They're right. going to go out on a on a tour. Um, Russell, our seats that we would sit at, it, it, they're coming. They're opening the U.S. leg of their tour in Minneapolis on May 4th. And I'm sure we'll go because Sarah's a big fan. But um, the seats where we would like to sit, yeah. you know, how we got right off... First, first level right off the stage, you, you can see, four hundred and fifty bucks. Oh, oh. four hundred. I mean, Rob, this is Minneapolis. Like that's oh. pretty. That's pretty normal for New York. But four hundred and fifty bucks to see that. a punk band from the nineties, two thousands. Four hundred and fifty bucks. It seems I, like yeah. it shouldn't be over a hundred bucks per person in the band. You know what I mean? Like if you're seeing a trio, <laughs> yeah. it shouldn't be that expensive. Yeah. That's crazy so, that they can charge that much. So it's so that's going to be a thousand dollar show if you. The, do yeah. So then there's a there was a pit, there was a pit, yeah. and then there was like seats right behind the pit. So I don't know how a couple sections back, those were eight hundred and eighty five bucks. Oh. First row uh, seats right right off the pit. Are they going to are they going to sell out that with those ticket prices? You think? Oh yeah. That's sure. So what's the crazy. deal? Are they releasing new music or they're just playing the yep, old stuff? They got a new album coming out, okay. but what's the I mean, title? The fact, like. Uh, I don't know. Their new song was like Energize or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but they it have just the came. best album titles oh, ever. I yeah. mean, they have Enema of the State with that uh, that uh, uh, adult the, film actress with the glove on. And then they also have, of course, my favorite, Take Off Your Pants yep. and Jacket. I know. No. <laughs> I was watching the Padres-Dodgers game last night, and then I was having a conversation with a couple of our listeners about this because they came back from commercial as top of the eighth Padres had gone up five to three. It was such a party in the stadium. It was pouring rain and the whole stadium was singing all the small things from Blink-182. And I was like, man, that was such a moment. And then uh, this friend of mine pointed out to me that perhaps that was like a marketing plant. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this sucks. I feel, yeah. I feel duped. That they sucks. sing that? Right they sing that exact same song in some, some other stadium. Did they do that during the NHL playoffs? Like Probably, up in, I don't know. You guys know, I actually did see the same tickets and you know, you guys don't know this, but I actually called Matt and I was like, hey, would you buy these tickets for me? And he said, well, how much are they? And I said, $488. And that's about that time that man hung up. <laughs> Nobody likes you when you're 43. Yeah, that's exactly it. Oh, my God. That is oh, crazy to me. So what would you be willing to pay to go to see Blink-182, man? No, What's the it's limit? Gonna be, like two, it's going to be a game time. To, no, I mean, it's a game time decision, right? Like, if, mm -hmm. if I could get like first row right there and it's the day of and Sarah's excited to go, I'm excited to go. I mean, what the hell? When, how many, how many more times are you going to see Blink-182 play together? Because Tom DeLonge will go find aliens somewhere else and turn crazy again and they'll break up. But, you know, but so there's probably something that'll be in the upper uh, sections of the lower level, you know, that would be resold at a decent price the day of. So it'll, it'll just be a game time decision. I know, Russ, you want one of those T-shirts that they have at the concert, but that just seems like it's too much for me. I'd, I'd, I'd pay no more than $182 for a Blink-182 T-shirt. 
<laughs> I wouldn't blink at that price. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Is this the podcast, though? <laughs> Disaster. Even hey, worse I love than how Rob's eight-minute bid on bleaching asshole was where he said, is this the podcast? It's when we discuss the price well, of concert tickets. I give you guys a chance. I made my beekeeper joke with Aaron's wife, and nobody bid on that. So I was like, well, it's one of these shows, and I had to step it right back up again. I tried one clean joke. Forget it. Back into the gutter. Matt, is there a band where you would pay uh, eight eighty to be down in the pit to see? Uh, again, pit. If I knew I was on the front row, front rail, yeah. maybe. But like the pit, that just has zero desire to go sit in a pit anymore and watch a concert. Like I'll sit on, I'll have, I'll be up a little bit where you can see, and like you know, I just want to, I just want to watch. I yeah. don't want to be an can, active participant. If can I ask also. a question that we might need to delete? Yeah. So. Matt, would you go I do for bleach 448 my if it was just yourself or are you hesitant to pay 880 for two people? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, no. I mean, I, to, to Sarah's point, we can fly somewhere for 448 bucks probably, right? And go, yep. it, it's not about the money, but it is about the money, but it's not about the money. I don't know. It just feels like you're going to be able to get something a little bit better for not 448 bucks or at least, you know see what's going on on May 4th. That's the other thing at this time in my life. Like what, what the hell, who knows? We might be up at the cabin on May 4th and who cares about blink 182 at that point? I, you know, I don't know. We might be trying to record a double episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, check my schedule. Check our schedule. Oh, guys, I got to go to the concert. <laughs> Sorry. I think one of the things with blink 182 though, is that I would know about six of their songs and the other six I would not know. And as soon as a song came on that I didn't know, and I, I would then think about how I paid $1,000 for my date night to go to this concert and I could be there listening. I could have headphones in listening to right, some music go, Aaron listens to. I would go apeshit to hear Damn It in person. Like if they, like as soon as that guitar drops, I would absolutely lose my mind. I'd be like, this was worth $880. Here, here's what, Russell, here's where I would pay. I would pay $500 if they were at like a first ab or something yeah. where it was a little bit more intimate, right? Than just a, like a arena show. Sure. That's right. That's right. Start paying some big money to be right. You know, a little bit more of an into somebody's all, you know, I think Pearl Jam just played at House of Blues or somewhere in New York. Didn't they play? I think, Rob, they played at a smaller venue in New York and there's only like 4,000 tickets. And, you know, that's something where I'd pay to go if you could see that. But sometimes the arena shows, you know, if you're not in the right spot, man, they're just bad. Just hardly hear anything. Matt, that leads into my rolling going. So I'm going to, I'm going to okay. jump in here and interrupt mine. I took my uh, two girls to see Lizzo at Madison Square Garden. Awesome. Unlike nice. Harry Styles with Great the dad. oldest. It was so good. We were up in the, uh, up in the front row. I got the front row of the balcony, which is about what I could afford. That's uh, good. Was, first of all, That's we were good. sitting next to some people that were crazy Lizzo fans. And they just went nuts. She would start a new song and they went crazy. And it made the experience 10,000 times better to be next to somebody who was going absolutely bananas. And I think it really enhanced my daughter's uh, concert experience. And the people ahead of us never sat down, which I absolutely love because then I could stand up the whole time and I didn't have to think like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Am I, you know, it's that classic dumb, like Midwestern stress that I have thinking about other people, which is the worst. The best part though was at the end, uh, Lizzo got done and walked off the stage. And I realized that my youngest had never, ever seen an encore. Oh, so she was cheering and going nuts and we were singing and, and, and she turned to me and she goes, Oh, she didn't sing a couple of her big songs, but that was really fun. And I said, yep. And then all of a sudden it was a real quick, it was a real quick pull, but Lizzo came back out and she went bananas. And I was thinking to myself, like how wonderful would that be to see an encore for the first time 
ever in your life right. and just be blown away by that, right? Like that'd yeah, be awesome no. of like, I cheered loud enough and she came, she loves us and she came back out, you know, not knowing now that it's like just part of the show and kind of a strange part of that. I was going to ask if you've ever been to a show where you expected an encore and people didn't cheer enough and the band just left the stage and stayed gone. No, I don't know if I've ever been to a full music concert that's small enough where the band would make that choice. I think normally okay. they've got like all their fireworks planned out and all the screen stuff planned out. I go to only big shows, so they're always... But the encores there feel so fake because they'll go down and then like 10 seconds later, they're back up. I'm like, I want an encore where it's like 10 minutes and you're like making People us gotta beg. People got to cheer for it. Yeah, you're making us beg like sick dogs. Get down on all fours and drink out of this bowl. Like that's what I want the band to say to me and I want to give it to them <laughs> big time. It was just because my, my, my concert experience, going experience is completely different now because I will know every song. I'll know what time they go on. Yep. You know, they'll be on at 9.04, exactly, you know, or they'll be on between 9 o'clock and 9.10. And I know, I'll know that they're playing 23 songs, and I'll know after the 18th song, they're going to go out for a break, and after the 23rd song, go out for a break, and so they'll have two encores, so stick around for two encores, yeah. you know, kind of a thing. And so, which I like, because then if I don't know songs, to your point, Rob, about going to a concert where you don't know songs, particularly if it's a band that I'm not all that, Big on, I'll be like, oh, well, these are the ones they're playing. I'll at least listen to these ones. So I, I know, but that's, that's like my oldest, my oldest loves to do that. She'll get the whole set list. She'll look at it. She'll watch, she'll know what's going on in the concert. Cause she'll watch Instagram videos of co previous concerts. Yeah. And I just yep. never, I never want to see the set list. I never want to know what they're playing. I'm always disappointed when I do that. I like to not, I like to be hit by the new song. It's, it's something I enjoy. The, my question is this, at the end of the concert, what do you do with your garbage? Right. I've got drink. I've got cartons. We're trying to get out of Madison Square Garden. I told the girls just leave it at the seat. I is that bad? Is that because I used to do that in movie theaters, too. And now I don't. I take all my garbage out and throw it away because I realize there's people that work there, which I know is true at, at the concert place, too. But I, it just feels different. I think a stadium, a stadium is different than a movie theater, right? Like no. in, a, in a stadium, you can throw those peanut shells on, on the floor and then. And that's a, a, an acceptable practice, right? Right. Yeah. Right. In the stadium, but like, like you, you can't throw yeah. stuff on. You can't throw stuff on the floor at the movie theater. That's not right. I yeah. Stadiums leave it. I mean, if you can, right? If like it's not hard to just pick it up and throw it. If you know a trash can's right there or something, great. But no, I leave my at stadium and then absolutely one hundred percent pick up everything at a movie theater and yeah. throw it away. But it's still people. Like, what's the difference? It, it, it shouldn't make a difference, right? It's crazy. So anyway, that is my, uh, the girls, uh, my youngest, first concert was Lizzo. Good times. Amazing. That's Way a pretty go. good concert. That's tough to live up to concert. that one, isn't it's it? You can't that. take her. They might be giants next. But I don't know. There's something about seeing it in a small venue. I think it's not, it doesn't even feel like the same activity. You know what I mean? Right. It's like when you um, sleep with a prostitute. Like, they're just so good because they're professionals. You're like, well, I can never go back to just <laughs> amateurs. You know what yeah, I mean? No, yeah, no amateur way. threesomes. Yeah, I mean, uh, tan lines. Maybe if this, if you see all the same movies over and over, you start searching tan lines because you know it's going to give you the same results, but different movies <laughs> or whatever. It, 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 it took it took me like seven years to get back to <laughs> online dating after my run with prostitutes a while back. Like it was not an easy transition. <laughs> hey, this is slightly cheaper. Uh, <laughs> Russell, rolling going. How's it going with you? Rolling going. Things are going good. I was actually in Las Vegas this last week, and I was going to oh, ask you guys, wow. okay. what do you think is the ideal amount of time to go on a Vegas trip? Two nights. Two nights. Two yeah. nights. Uh, yeah. So, no, th that third night is horrible. And, 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 how long were you there, Russell? I was there. 
or not one, not two, not three, uh, not four, not five. Oh my no. God. I was there for six oh days, six, six full days and five nights in Las oh Vegas. Oh my goodness. What? Oh my God. <laughs> are you serious? How are you still how alive? Survive? Yeah, how'd you do it? How many I'm cigarettes did you smoke? right now. Oh my God. I mean, that did, you, did you take like one night off where you're like, hey, I, gotta, I just got to go to my room at nine and just kick back and watch American Pickers or something? There, or was, a, you... there was a couple work nights when one night I did go out at a, like a fancy dinner with some work industry colleagues, but I did make sure to go back and was in bed by I think 11 or so on one of the first okay. nights. So there was one night that I did play it pretty calm. Jesus. God. But what was the other nights? What, what, what's a standard night on a six night trip for work out there? Well, Just... what I what I thought I could do is I've got three categories of stuff we could talk about. We could talk food. We could okay. talk arts and entertainment or we could talk <laughs> Vegas experience. What do you, what do you guys want to start with? Why were you putting Boy. entertainment in quotation air quotes? Yeah. Well, you well, got to ask, what you, let me know what you want to hear about. And I'll, I'll let you I, know. Think, I think all three of those could apply to sex workers. So I'm kind of into any of these stories. <laughs> I want to hear the Vegas experience. Yeah, that's I'm the one that, that's, that's the one that really tickles my toes. So this, this is not shows. This is just interactions with people where I'm like, this only happens in Vegas. Right. <laughs> so yeah. actually this, the first one doesn't happen only in Vegas, but I just wanted to get your guys thoughts on this. Uh, one of the restaurants I went to one night is Morimoto. It's the guy, the Iron Chef. I don't know oh, if you yeah, guys right. watch Iron Chef at all, but Japanese restaurant, really good. And immediately I'm there with a, a foodie, a foodie, if you will, and we're waiting. <laughs> and there's this group next to us. And immediately there, you can tell yeah. there's a lady in the group that is the really, really loud lady, like oh. screaming, squealing at everything, laughing super loud. What are your guys' thoughts on dealing with the super loud person in the group next to you? <laughs> Sometimes I just, oh, I just in the group next yeah. to you. Okay. Wait, yes, yes, I'm not familiar next, with that. In the group next to you, Rob. Yeah. I just had it with that guy. You know, I was talking to the pizza place who was talking about, you got to go to the wedding. Don't, you know, skip the dinner. Or whatever. It drives me bonkers. And I can't, and Sarah knows this about me and tries to help me out with my affliction, but I can't concentrate on two things. Like if I'm driving in the car and we're, there's four yeah. of us in the car and they're talking and somebody answers their phone and they're talking like, I can't, I just, I have to not talk to anybody because I can't. So if, if there's a loud person, it just, I, all can't I do, do is that. hear that person and what they're talking about. And it absolutely ruins it for me. I can't stand it. I one I one thousand percent get that. It's when you hear a conversation going on another table. It is the most engaging thing. You cannot not listen to it. You need it, even if they're right. just saying the dumbest shit, and then you can't not listen, and then you get annoyed when you start listening. It's a disaster. Yeah, I can't tune it out. No, I. I, I but I will guess in terms of dealing with it, I'm going to guess that my method of dealing with it might be different than the foodies method that you're with, but my method would probably <laughs> oh. be to be quiet and just listen to whatever's going on at that table yeah. and maybe get out of there quickly and go somewhere else. I have to tell you guys, yeah. my wife <laughs> is the loud person. I, she oh. is a loud talker. My daughter and I often will look at each other and my daughter has started just telling her, you are talking very loud. The problem is anytime you tell her that she's being loud, she gets very mad at you. Very, very, oh, very oh, mad at you. Oh, in fact. And so sometimes it's easier. Sometimes maybe those other people in the group are actually held hostage because there's nothing <laughs> they can do. They're at the loud person's mercy and they have to sit there. They know they're being loud. They cannot, they cannot do anything about it. They have to just eat it. Okay. It's like, it's like if somebody handed you a gun and said, Hey, come to this bank with me. And then they robbed the place. You're like, well, I'm, I'm not really part of this, but I am part of it now. So I might as well go along with it. I don't know. But anyways, so we got through the loud lady. It wasn't that big of a deal. 
But we did have another experience. We were at a bar. You guys know one of my favorite places to go in Vegas just for one drink is Margaritaville. We yes. had uh, oh, uh, one of our first Vegas trips ever. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. Matt and Aaron, <laughs> instead of gambling with us at Margaritaville, decided to get day drunk at Margaritaville. Right. And ever we since that trip, I got drunk. And so every year, you I love good drinks. <laughs> I love to go get one drink at Margaritaville just to relive the glory days. And so I was there uh, with a, a margarita drinker. And so we're sitting there at the mm. bar, and this guy comes in over down the down a few people from us at the bar, and he walks up and he starts complaining. He orders like a margarita to go, starts complaining That's to the bartender, move. tells him, "You are making this wrong." I came here yesterday and the other bartender made it differently with like fresh lime juice instead of a lime or something. And so he starts yelling at the bartender and everyone starts staring and he brings the other bartender out and he goes, sir, we have never, ever made it the way you're describing. And he was yelling at them. And the whole time we're thinking, how in the fuck do you go into a bar called Margaritaville? Yeah. And tell them they're making tell the damn margarita rocks. What do you guys think of that? That's such an <laughs> alpha move. That's such a crap move. That would yeah. literally be like if I said to my wife, I was like, listen, your anus is so brown, it's crazy. We got to fix this. You know what I mean? Like, it's doing what it's supposed to do. It's fine. Like, it's actually great at the only thing it's supposed to do. Like, it's doing a great job. You cannot, the, how can you bring harsh vibes into Margaritaville? What a bummer. Just so after, like, uh, after like a five minute argument, the guy finally leaves and the bartender just shakes his head and walks over and I say, excuse me, but can you put some fresh squeezed mango in my drink? And <laughs> oh, what a good bit. I thought when you said that he, that he uh, sh- sh- shook his head that you were going to say, oh no, I want that head stirred. Oh, I don't know. God, I, I should have bailed way earlier. <laughs> I did have, a, you guys know we like to gamble. I also had a fun interaction with a, a dealer. You guys know, I think like a dealer at a blackjack table is so much part of the fun. If you have yeah. a good dealer that's interacting with you, having fun with people, you know, switching up the pace at which they deal, it's so much more fun. And how you interact with that dealer can make or break your time there. And the only guarantee is once you find somebody you really like, somebody like that Margaritaville guy is going to come sit next to you who both is loud and argues with people. Well, there was some guy who came and sat next to me, and this was the type of guy who orders a vodka cranberries. So initially, mm. like all he right, orders one, right. and, and he was kind of a dick a little bit. And at one point, he ordered another one, and the dealer loudly says, "Vodka cranberry going out!" <laughs> and just stared right at the guy. It was hilarious. The dealer immediately won my points. Yeah, the, the, the vodka cranberry is a drink that is like it is like in a time machine from like two thousand and five, right? Like yeah. some, it, it's just right. like. That was the year everybody got Grey Goose and Cranberry, and then we just all agreed to never do that again. <laughs> then jokes on Russell, that poor guy had a UTI. He's just trying to self-medicate. Yeah. I love I love vodka, and it burns when I pee. What can I do about this? <laughs> but there, there was one other crazy thing. This was actually- I've been a, having a too new- many Vegas experiences with some of these professionals out here. I need some vodka cranberries. So I was actually getting an Uber home. This was after my sixth day. So at this point, I am exhausted. Like- you need to get out of Vegas. You guys no. know it's, it's time yeah. to go. Yeah. You yes, need to go. to go. And it's so, not a quick flight home either. I mean, you know, and it's a longer flight home too. And you're like, God damn it. Yeah. Just get home. 
Well, I'll tell you what, Matt, it's even a longer Uber ride when your Uber driver gets in a fight with someone in front of you and you have to order a second Uber. So going down. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. minute. So what I'm picturing is the Uber driver fighting you sitting in there for about, oh, two and a half minutes or so. And you're trying to decide, what do I do? Minneapolis Airport, this happened? This is not a Minneapolis. This isn't Vegas. These are Vegas stories, Matt. Vegas stories. This is a Vegas experience, man. If it was just at the Minneapolis Airport, we would be doing a flight tonight. Segment, but so getting there, we're leaving in the hotel. We go downstairs and we're getting an Uber and we're waiting for it. And the guy comes pulling up. We start going over and walk over. He slams on the brakes and he opens the thing, put our bags in the back, you know, suitcases in the back, stuff in the car. The traveler I'm with jumps in the car and sits down. And the car pulls up behind him and they, he starts yelling at our driver, saying, You don't know how to fucking drive. Starts yelling at him. Our driver starts screaming at him back. They start screaming at each other for like two to three minutes. And uh, both of them are out of the car now, like in each other's faces. It's, it's a fight. So at this point, I just, I'm like, I'm out of this. We're done. I'm not doing this stuff. So I grab our bags, pull them out. And I said, get out of the car. We're not riding with this guy. I'm not doing this shit. So immediately my next move is to be like the biggest scared little cat in the world and say, we're going to stand behind that pillar over there. because We're not riding with this guy. Yeah. And I don't want him to be accosting me about like canceling his Uber because he's already like getting violent yeah. with the guy next to him. Right. You know, smart. That's so, just smart. Do you, so, I think what you should have done there, Russell is yeah. jump in on your guys' side. I think once you get an Uber driver, you're your ride or die. You know what I mean? You, you, you got to back saying. him up. You should yeah, come in team. and punch the, punch the guy like right in the chest, like really hard to start. The guy would be like, wait, what the fuck? It's like, you're my Uber driver. I love you, man. We're into this forever. So all these people are watching and it. No and tip. I just wanted, cause he saw who I was. He saw when we were putting our stuff in the, in this, right. he knew who I was. It's not like I could just cancel and walk away. And plus so you like, change your Uber name to thick dick. So that stuck out <laughs> in his mind. You can do that by the way. You can change your name. So when they pick you up, they have to legally call you by that name. He seemed to recognize me anyways, because my old name was Mount Dickless, and now it went to Thick Dick, and he was like... It's like, oh, did you take a trip, take a trip to the desert while you're here in Vegas? It's one of I those mean, procedures. Mount Dickless, that sounds like the instructions. Oh, never mind. So anyways, the person I'm with starts like talking to all these people around us, and I'm just like, can we just be quiet so and hope this guy like doesn't see us and avoids us so we can just... Mm-hmm. So I, I cancel pay the fee to cancel, order another one. It's his goddamn car picks it up again. What? <laughs> How's this possible? I don't know. I don't know. Time to get out the fake mustache. Oh, yes. hola, senor. Oh, no, I'm a pile of shit, too. Yeah, you'll soy dickless mountain, too. So eventually I cancel again, and he drives up, and he gets out, and he starts walking towards me. And he's like, hey, we got to go. I'm ready to go and everything. I'm like, not happening, dude. I'm like. I'm not down with this. You do your thing. I'm not riding with you. And he's like, no, but you know, I, I took your thing. I'm like, not doing it. If you're going to argue with people like that, I'm not riding. So I'm just like, Hey man, I understand it. You got your thing with that dude. It's all you, you do your thing. Not happening. So eventually he just left and didn't give me any more grief on it. I love the idea of you arguing with this guy about why it's bad to argue. That's my favorite. Part. There was no argument. I just said I was choosing not to ride with it's like, him. So sir, what would you guys? You arguing is really bad, and I will stand by that forever. He's like, well, you're arguing. You're like, oh my god, this guy. So what would you guys have done if you were twice. getting in an Uber and they got in a fight? And it, I think it was physical at one point. There was like hitting and pushing and stuff. What would you guys have done in that situation? Got in that car and got to the airport <laughs> as fast as possible. I'm sitting around for another half hour waiting for another guy. It's not that far to the airport. 
I guarantee if you took all your clothes off and went out there and talked to them, they would stop fighting and they would pay attention to you <laughs> and you would get whatever you want. I think that's always been my strategy ever since I was growing up. I've never been in a fight in my life, but if I was, the first thing I would do is take off my pants. Because if somebody's going to fight safe. if somebody's going to fight me without my pants on, I deserve whatever job. is coming. If they still fight me, I deserve whatever's coming my way. You got to take well, your shirt off so they yeah, can't wait. grab no, your no, shirt no, 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 no. and hold you close. No, shirt, everybody takes their shirt off fighting, so they're going to think that's normal. But when you're taking off your pants, they're going to be like, wait a minute. This Are you is, wearing underwear or no? No, I'm naked. I'm nude. Is your asshole bleached or no? No, not at all. <laughs> the opposite. I take the, I take the scrapings from the bleach place. So if you're nude though, and somebody's like, you know what? I'm still going to kick this guy's ass. You really deserve it. You know? Because just think about fighting a nude guy. Not good. Not great. Can you imagine getting all scuffed up if they like double leg took down you on, the, on like the right? cement floor? Yeah. Out there? That'd oh, be yeah. brutal. I mean, plus you'd just be you so imagine hard. imagine throwing the scrapings in their face <laughs> that you've saved for some reason? Adel scrapings. Engage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you guys do when you see like a dispute between people? Do you try Cause like part of me thought, well, maybe oh. I should get in and break it up. Maybe I no, should. What do you do? No. Like I'm yeah. at the point in life where I know internally the way I think I can be a, like a real antagonist and a real asshole when I want to be, but I just, I don't want that in my life. I don't want to be arguing with people. I don't want, I'm just like, I'm just walking away and leaving it alone. What would you guys have done? 100% walk away nervously. There's, I mean, that's, I would have <laughs> yeah, slunk walk away. Yep. I would have slunk away and then just been like, well, I guess I live in Vegas now because I can never leave. Like, I, I can never call a car again on the off chance it's going to be the same guy. No, man, driving is hard. Like, Matt talked about, you know, trying to drive while distracted. Rob knows how tough it is to drive when you're amped up emotionally. Yeah, like, you can't get in the car with this guy after a big fight. Like, he might just, he might be, like, ready to do it, to drive really fast. So you made the right choice, man. That's, that's, that's true. You know, I was biking down uh, the, the West Side Highway or the West Side, whatever it is in Manhattan, and two bike riders had crashed into each other and were punching each other in the middle of the yeah. bike lane. And yeah, two yeah. guys had stepped in to break them up, like two other bike riders. And I was like, you know, those two guys who are breaking them up are really the real heroes. Like I would never do that in a million years because exactly what I did is I went wide to continue my bike ride without even slowing down at all. I went right around them. Like their the problems aren't yours, Rob. Their problems aren't yours. They're only going to hold you up. That's true. You I will. in three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Plus I was like, am I going to take off my, oh, Okay, I'll picture this. I'm naked smoke. except for a bike helmet. Smoke. What, what, what was it, Russell? Picture this. Time yeah. machine. Time machine. Pain, if you will, a picture. I'm naked except for this helmet. And then I, I'm wearing a helmet and I'm naked. I mean, that's ironic. That's like safe, safe and sorry. If you were Liam Neeson riding that bike, you could get caught in the chain oh, or something. About it, right? <laughs> He can't ride a bike. He can't do any physical. When he's naked, I mean, if he gets hard, he passes out. He has to be lying down. There's so much blood going there. And I'm going to share. I'll save my uh, my food and arts and entertainment experiences for future episodes. Love that the is biggest experience. I you, how did you not just die? Six days there. That would be like that's like that's like a hundred years, Earth years. Like that's crazy. <laughs> You've aged a decade. Something might have affected him, guys. We, we don't have time to talk about Russell's time in Vegas all the time. Russell's like, oh yeah, I forgot about one category. Visit me visiting the cat house. It's like, well, I would have picked that one. Rob, I will give you a preview for next week's episode. I may or may not have gone to a show called Fantasy. Oh. 
that uh, is that the one with the brooms where they sweep the things? You think it's going to be like topless ladies, and instead it's just Fantasia, and you're like, wow, this is it's not even erotic not, Fantasia. Not what I expected. <laughs> You'll never guess what all the little brooms are in erotic Fantasia. They're butt plugs. All right. So about the album, listen, we are talking about disintegration by the I've cure. This is really that's too much. This, this the scrapings. This uh this is their uh this is like their fifth or seventh album or something like that. But it's really their first commercial success. I don't know. Guys, I did these last I've week. I thought eighth, we were doing eighth, a double. Eighth studio album is what I've got. Uh, eighth studio album. So you definitely not studio. their sixth. It's either their fifth or their seventh. Definitely not the six. This is a band who made music. So Mostly. I did these notes. I did these notes a week ago. So they're not that fresh in my head. There's no other reason why I'm not doing this very well. Listen, but this is really their most. Listen. This is really their most successful album. It's their big first commercial success. And I think really to understand their third commercial success. I can't their, remember first. Well, or third. I, to, not their second. To understand the Cure, I want to just play you a couple of Cure songs from earlier albums, so you can kind of. I think this oh, is yeah, the best cool. way to track their trajectory. Off their first album, uh, Three Imaginary Boys, but not really. This is one of those things where they released it as a single in the UK and then they tacked it on on the album in the US. This, of course, is Boys Don't Cry. Oh, right. And the thing is, this this is a, them being produced by a real pop producer. They Robert Smith barely had any control over this album. He didn't get to produce it. He didn't get to make it sound the way he wanted, but, but the album was a success. So what ended up happening is that uh, this is off 17 seconds in 1980, so a year later. This is when Robert Smith is in control. Now, see if you can tell a difference. This is called A Forest. And I saw this described as gothic rock or a term I loved, which was gloomscapes. So instead yeah, they of like sounds, took the sound and they kind of muddied the sound up a little bit. Right? Yeah, it sounds like they're playing from further away or something. And it's, it's a much stuff going on, but. much different sound overall. And then Robert Smith, everybody was calling them a goth band. So Robert Smith, of course, did the very normal thing of getting mad at them and saying, no, I can write a vapid pop song just like anybody else, like this. The love this is a love song? What is this? Listen, for the cure, this is like super pop. You can tell, you can hear the... Oh, what was that band we did that... London Burning, The Clash. I mean, there's a lot of Clash. There's a lot of ska in here. Or it's like I feel like every every British band does like that one McCartney tune. It's just like every everybody listened to when I'm 64 enough times that they're like, well, we got to do the little dancey, yeah. campy one. I, I and so then in '87 he he does just like Heaven. So now he's going like super. Oh, this rocks. This is such a good song. Yes. This is their first top 40 hit in the U.S. in 87. So this is eight years after they start. But you can still hear it. it's poppy, it's hooky, it's like... It's, it's, his voice in a pop song is so good to me. So then they come out with Disintegration. And this is Robert Smith in full control, full Robert Smith mode. This gets He wanted to get away from the pop song. It's like when Robert Smith was running the Wildcat for the Vikings. He was in control. <laughs> Did they do that? Uh, I want to be no, no, that wasn't even invented then. Those are those. Are, this is back in the day where everyone had just had huge shoulder pads. Don, quarterbacks had huge shoulder pads. Everyone had huge shoulder pads. I feel like they might have run a direct snap to Mo Williams once or twice. Oh my God. Direct snap to uh, 
Help me out, Russell. Who am I thinking Ontario of? Smith. Ontario Smith. <laughs> the Wizardator. Straight to the Wizardator. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And again, sorry to all of our fans fake who are not thing they use fans. to pass a drug test. They fake dong. So I think about it every day. This, though, uh, disintegration, he wants to get away from the pop song. And it's really Robert Smith combining two things that I think happens to all of us. Number one, he was super bummed because he was turning 30. 30. So he had been in a band for 10 years and he's like, oh no, I'm going to be 30. I was like, I, when I read that, I got so mad. I was like, what the fuck? He got mad at 30? <laughs> fuck that guy. It's like, oh, I don't have a single gray pubic hair. Fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to hear that. It's so stupid. It's like, oh, I don't think my life is a drudgery yet. Wah, wah, wah. Anyway, so then... <laughs> Their first, I mean, that. so his first album's coming out when he's 19. He uh, he also is using, he, he says, you know what? I know I'm depressed, so I'm going to take some medicine. I'm going to take this medicine I have called LSD. So he was not, he was a heavy LSD user at this time. Oh, wow. He was depressed about turning 30. And so this album was basically that response. And so you're going to hear this very kind of surreal, hypnotic album that could not be more different than the strokes if we tried it instead of two minute and 30 second songs we have 20 minute and 30 second songs and this is started off we have plain song which is an awesome right? starter i mean that was yeah, yeah, like this. an accepted treatment for depression now yeah i love this yeah. this how this starts out i'm sure robert smith was in a double blind study <laughs> i guarantee it what do you guys like about it? The chimes or what, what sits it off right as a here, start right for you guys? It, right when it kicks in, you, get a, you know exactly what sound you're getting out of this album. It, from it, it sets the, the tone. And when yeah. you're sitting there listening on headphones, it's like makes anything you're doing seem like magical and far out. Like I was like entering yeah. grades into a grade book and I was like, wow. It's it, got like a, be, it does have a Superman-esque kind it's of like the beginning like, you know, of a movie. I'm with you. It's yeah. cinematic, yeah. It reminds me uh, so much of, of the, the opening scene of Top Gun, just that sound and that feeling yes. that I'm just like, oh, talk to me, Goose. <laughs> that's <laughs> called Top Gun Anthem, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Top yeah. Gun okay, Anthem. all right, all right. Should be our national anthem. Agree. It should be. Should be. You know, um, throughout this whole album, I can hear that he's making this for... A big rock stadiums. It feels like he's. Ma- it's not made for the studio. It's not made for little venues. Like you hear the, and it might be some of the echo they do with their singing. But I mean, these songs are awesome live. I can only. There's a couple of. Um, oh, <laughs> right, just chills, right? Just let it go. <laughs> That's the thing I've really enjoyed about wearing an N95 is I can pull my N95 off to the side and pretend like a maverick and be like talk to me goose like that's my favorite thing about wearing a mask pull your mask to your side and pretend you're goose (laughs) Jesus what a lot of people died from COVID Aaron (laughs) okay so now we're all just watching the top I I nailed it I got got that correct you got it and really, we should be doing a video breakdown because this video is wild. There's a guy playing a guitar <laughs> in a hangar. But Sideways, I just want to say, this should down. be our national anthem. Like, if me? people came out to this at the Olympics, every other country would know that we're not fucking around. Okay, especially if they're an unnamed rogue state, okay, that maybe wouldn't offend countries <laughs> that buy or movie expe- tickets. Or especially... Especially like in that movie, the new basketball documentary, The Redeem Team, where they act like it's super impressive that 
the 12 greatest basketball players in the world beat down Spain yeah. or some team that <laughs> became a team that has like one NBA player. That would be a great who song the, for uh, us producers? to celebrate who, who, who made that documentary? Who was the producers on that? What, what studio mm. did that come out of? I, I don't know. It might be the top two or three greatest <laughs> players in basketball <laughs> really? history that made yeah, that Yeah, it might movie. be their collaboration. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. it wasn't like Luke Longley. He was like, God, I love the team. <laughs> Trying to think of one other international player and I cannot do it. I pulled Luke Longley. Jesus Christ. But I mean, that that should be the name. I would, you know what? I would not take a knee during that song. Okay. <laughs> would you take your hat off finally during that no, song? No, never. I never will because I'm always saluting because I'm in my navy whites. What about hand on heart during that song, Rob? I do. Yes. The hand on heart. What was the rule? The hand on heart is if you're like a boy scout, right? What's the. I don't know. I was always told it's like very, if your hand on heart. hands other places. <laughs> Please edit what? that out. Sorry. I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> we better keep going. <laughs> oh God, I wish I had this. Wait, I have to reopen this. Okay. That's what Just, I call it. Aaron, tell that story about Boy Scouts getting molested again while this is someplace. I mean, Shit. makes you realize how great America is because you realize how good this song is because you're kind of like, yeah, that's badass. <laughs> <laughs> So is this a dumb question? Is this song, this is not a normal song. This was made just for the movie? I think so. Just the score from the movie? I think so. Or it's so good they named the movie after the song. <laughs> I do see you got Lon, whatever the whatever this algorithm is, as Lana Del Rey is the next song up for you. See? Fully I'm telling support you. that. Yes. And then for some reason it's Marty McFly saying, Yeah. Your kids are gonna love this. <laughs> Just like this podcast, it's it's, it's for the future. Too many Biff Tannins. It's yeah. really it's really for the future. Tannins, goddamn, so good. Uh, pictures of you, top one hundred song of all time. So this I is mean, the one. Matt, this, this is the one. Really, this, this is the one. Is you texted I can take it away, this Matt. one this over and over and over again. Matt texted us. I, there's a top one hundred song on this album, and I was like. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. I had made a guess for Prayers for Rain near the end, second half of the album. I'll, I'll repeat it to you when it comes up, Matt. I was okay. trying to guess what you were going to pick. I thought yeah. for sure it was Love Song. What what sets this one apart for you? Admittedly, I like this album, but I don't love it. I, I would have never picked this song as one of my hundreds. So what, what does uh, it for you? You know, it's it, it maybe, you know, this, if you really look into the lyrics, and I really haven't, but the thought of pictures of you and then just this, like, slow, deep, guitar is dragged out. I don't know. I mean, it just, it feels like kind of an alternative song, I guess. And so that's probably why I like it. It's such a beautiful song. He he came up with that song after he went through a house fire and he found a picture of his uh, old pictures, you know, sitting around. And so, you know, I've, I've said that before of like, what are we going to do with all of our pictures? And so I, and we've talked about this, like I have just so many digital pictures of dumb shit. Like what, what is anybody going to do with that? So look what I did guys. I went out right after we recorded that episode. Just a warning. I think I told you to delete this whole conversation today in our comments. <laughs> so, well, whatever. I want to leave that in. But I got a digital picture frame that just now sits go. in the living room. Yes. And it's hooked up to my Google yeah. albums. And so any picture I take yeah. just gets added onto the picture frames. Now, I did have to think real hard about pictures I've taken recently, maybe like texted you guys, <laughs> and whether I want a picture of that showing in my living room. So there's going to have to be some editing. Pictures from the Memphis Zoo way back yeah. in the day. <laughs> I don't Rob, know how long how long would it take your family to say something if every picture was of you. <laughs> oh. I can I just tell you this? I bought this picture frame. I put it in the living room today. 
Yeah. Jenny was in here all day. She never noticed it or commented on it. <laughs> a literally a picture frame that is showing different pictures of the family from years and years and years <laughs> got zero comments from her because she just did not see it. Oh, I, Sarah's dad had an Apple TV and then, you know, he had an yeah. Apple laptop. So all of his pictures were on his laptop. And that dude loved collating, putting together, adding new pictures, taking ones out, finding ones, scanning them in and creating a slideshow. Then having it at like the cabin, it would just yeah. be going oh, nonstop in the background. And great. you know, it was cool because you got that's some cool. old ones, some new ones, some young, some old. It was, it's, it was it's, good. it's great until you remember that when you were younger with a digital camera, you thought a very funny prank was uh, kicking open the bathroom door and taking a picture of your wife going to the bathroom and so what? your Google Photos now has literally dozens of pictures of your wife scared on the toilet, looking toward the door <laughs> as you take a picture. And you don't know whether you should Rob. delete them because if you there, maybe I, both I, I pass away simultaneously. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, you, you remember the Seinfeld episode, right? Where Kramer was going to create that coffee table book of like dogs taking a shit or whatever, like. All you've got a you've got a coffee book table right there. Wife on the toilet to her for all to her family and her friend oh Bernie. I'm sure Bernie would like that for a Christmas present. I, I should be clear. They're tasteful photos. Oh, okay. They are tasteful. I could put them tasteful in black and white. Bathroom shots. Yeah, they are. But she is terrified in each one because I have just kicked down the door and I have a camera in my hand. So, so we talked about. about switching lives with people. Aaron, would that would this be acceptable behavior out in your your uh, home? <laughs> that one would not fly. Over. No, it's not. <laughs> Probably should be making another choice. Yeah, uh, don't, that one's not going to work out. Well, it's that. kind of the perfect prank too because they can't do anything about it. They can't like get up and chase you around. Because <laughs> they paid sure seventy five like bucks the, for a bleaching, they can't just ruin did, it. Did you have like the quick click thing on so she could like hide the food she brought in there and the behind them in the kitchen or the little bathroom <laughs> in the what's that called the bathroom that, fridge? That would be the worst, wouldn't it? It's like <laughs> the, the one the one day I heated up a chili dog. Right when I have to go to the bathroom is when my wife kicks in the door and takes a picture of me <laughs> eating a chili dog on the toilet. <laughs> I'd have to explain, no, this is not a normal thing. You know, it's <laughs> like, like every 1100 pictures in your family photo that pops up and you just got to hope it's when no one's there. <laughs> it's so hard to eat on the go too. Cause if you, what, if you just have the little paper tray kind of thing and then there's chili, you're going to end up with it no. everywhere. That's not a good bathroom snack. Well, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. Shower afterwards. Yeah. You could also <laughs> take off your shirt. Yeah. You could be nude eating a chili dog, which sounds really good actually. Okay. Sucking on chili dogs <laughs> on the toilet. Uh, closed down. So you can tell, like, this album is soundscapes. Yeah, and I, honestly, I wonder... all, all these songs I picked were to start just by where the lyrics start, because it's when you, the beat kind of drops in these, I think. I started to wonder if it's a concept album. Like, it seems like some themes come back, and it, it does feel cinematic. I don't know if that's just how... It was definitely written as one piece, right? But I don't know if there's a story that knits the album together, is there? I, well, part of this song, I know Robin mentioned that getting old and kind of having that moment of feeling old, and he, I think he said uh, this was the song that where he felt like, I'm running out of his time, he reached 30 years old, he hadn't had his big hit yet. And so I thought we could maybe do a list celebrating oh the greatest songs ever about getting old. Oh, oh wow. 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 So nice. This is my nightmare, Russell. This really is. Wow. Warning, Rob, there is uh, one song that didn't make the list was Old Man Dries Balls Off in a in a public gym hairdryer did not make the list. See, but that's not even it. Like, that's the point that I want to get to. 
where I've just oh. accepted that I'm old and fuck yes. everyone else. I'm drying my balls on the, I'm turning the hairdryer upside down and you know what's coming next. We're playing the one man parachute game. <laughs> All right. First song on the list is from 1985. We covered this band once before. We didn't cover the song. It is Fleetwood Mac landslide. Well, Oh, of course. This is a banger. Can I tell you, when they released their uh, Unplugged special with this song, it was when I thought it was getting older, too, because they looked old as hell when they were playing the song. It was crazy how old they looked in that video of them singing this. So this is about, like, reflecting on, you know, your life changing, where it's been, how it's maybe falling apart. Do you guys ever reflect on how your life has changed? What, what, do, you, how, what do you think about Reflect about how it's falling apart all the time. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think about it all the time. I mean, I well, we right. just we just released an episode that we recorded two years ago. You think about where we've come as a group in two years. Think about that. Think about how long I've known you guys all the time. The, the problem there's and Rosie, I'm gonna get you going here a little bit. Pro, there's things when you have kids that you don't realize you've done them for the last time ever. Oh, yeah, and that's it. You know, and that's. That's the ones I think about a lot. Like, Oof. you know, I probably have read and I, I could go read uh dog man with Leo right now, but we read so many dog man mm-hmm. and wimpy kid books and all that, you know, now we're on to like Lord of the Rings and cool shit, but yeah, you know, it'd be nice to go back and read <laughs> one dog man ones. book with Leo, ah, you know, things like that. Geez. Yeah. But see, now you get to do right it the perfect time. Like, like my nephew, you know, like I, I, put on a swimsuit and I go take a bath with them. Cause that's what I did with my girls all the time. I took baths with them. That's just what we did. And obviously now I can't do that anymore, but with him, <laughs> I'm like, Hey, I'm back. I've got the Alexon playing music. I'm taking a bath. And then when I'm done, I take the kid out, I hand him to somebody else and I am done. Take a bath. Do not have to <laughs> do it awesome. every day to kill three hours until bedtime. Like it's, it's still, you still have those great moments. You just don't have to do them all the time. Like I liked reading to my girls at night. But at the time, it was like a prison. I had to do it every night. It was just hours of my life. And I'd do anything to get that back. But I cannot forget that it was also a prison. And I got mad almost every night doing it. Before we get to the next song on the list, I had to hit a couple of honorable mentions. These are songs that cover the topic, but we've already talked about, so they can't be on the list. Um, When I'm 64 or In My Life by The Beatles, Mm -hmm. Changes by David Bowie. Yep. Neil Young, old man. Oh, you see, I was waiting for that one. That's the boy with the thorn in his side from the Smiths. We just did a couple weeks ago, oh, which yeah. talked about this theme. Springsteen's Glory Days, and then Someday by the Strokes, which we just talked about. All those yeah, songs right. are about getting older, but none of them made the list. Okay, okay. Well, it's going to be a good list of those that's good to know. It. Yeah. The next song on the list, this is a, is about celebrating one's grandma and kind of the importance that an older person provides oh. in someone's life. This is Bill Withers' Grandma's Hands. Check this song out. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you at the beginning? Wait, oh, right. Do, oh, do, yeah. Jump to the end on this. Oh, yeah. Numbers. Sorry. I, I forgot I was going to show to go to get down. No, no, yes, right, Matt. You guys know this one? Yes. Yep. It's all about everything Grandma did in his life. It's her arthritic hands soothed, they scolded. She brought pearls of wisdom to the guy's life. So I was curious, like, as you're older, like, what are the things you're proud about that you're giving to the younger generation? Because it's not all bad getting old, right? There's good things, too. No diggity, no doubt. I think, I think that it's, I think, like, one thing I do is we just go out and do, like, we go to a, like, we're going to a drag show next weekend. We went to Muay Thai, like, a couple weekends ago. Like, we go out and do kind of these, like, borderline insane things that you don't normally do as a family and just really mm-hmm. get that experience. Like, I think that's, 
that's like the number one thing I can pass down of like, Hey, I like to, I, I am like going to do these weird things and it's okay. You should do that too. Like, I think that's something I'm passing down. Awesome. Awesome. Love that. Embracing fun. It's great. Yeah. I also think but, just kind of stressing about like what everybody thinks about you all the time. And maybe if you do things that nobody likes it, like you just, or maybe you tell a joke and it doesn't land. Maybe you just think about that all night while you're going to bed. I think I'm passing that down as well, actually. <laughs> I, honestly, I you know, there, there's a lot that I hope my son takes from watching my wife and I together. I hope he sees that we love each other and care about each other. I think also doing this podcast, he's learning the importance of friendship. I'm 42 years old. My friends still make yeah. time to talk to me. I make time to talk to them. He knows it's what I go do when he goes to bed. So I think, I think it's that I hope he never listens to it, but I think the fact that we're still doing it is is a good role model. Oh uh, one God. thing Matt had referenced, he, he said he had referenced No Diggity Rob. If you want to go jump to the beginning of the song, you guys will recognize this and we'll see if you guys know where it's from or where we've heard it recently from. This is the beginning of this song. God, this is just No Diggity. I mean, this is... Yeah. I didn't Did you guys know that. this was the song sampled for No Diggity before? Aaron had to. You had to, right? Aaron. Yeah, Matt knew too. Grandma Matt had to. It's so recognizable. So good. I, yeah. I also go to a website called grandmahands.com, but I don't think yes. it's the same. <laughs> I have a subscription there, actually. Rob, I did read one comment about that song was, someone's hands, you can tell a lot about how they work and how they love. Whoa. Wow. My, my wife's hand feels like the Crypt Keeper because she deadlifts so much and she's got all these dead calluses. So it's like being touched by a cheese grater. Oh God! <laughs> Next song on the list is from 1989. We haven't done too much country music or Garth Brooks. This is Garth Brooks. Uh, much too young to feel this damn. Garth's got to be on the list, right? He's going to be at least one Garth Brooks album on the list. No, not one. Not one single Garth Brooks album. What? He's so talented. Not even the live one or anything? Jeez. Ooh, I, like the, I like the steel guitar. Oh, man. And I'll tell you what, Garth Brooks, you want to talk about a cautionary tale of getting old. I mean, that guy looked old when he was like 22. Like, I was like, wow, this guy is He looks trouble. younger now. I think he looks younger now. His head doesn't look, at look that so old. haircut in those jeans. I mean, if you, if you saw Garth Brooks at a pumpkin patch, you would try to pick his head and take it home. I mean, it was huge. <laughs> I read that that song is about a, a rodeo rider who just can't keep up anymore and can't keep up with the, the younger guy. So I was curious, what are something I know we know Rob is no longer a stand up man. He's a lay down guy. But what are some things in life that as you guys have gotten older, you can no longer do that you wish you could still do? I don't think I could break out into a sprint at any given no. time and no. survive. 100% no. Like, I, I run for the train, but it's not a full-on sprint to the train. Like, I think I, I tried would. that at the beginning of the pandemic. I tried these home workouts, and, and some of them would be like, you know, do six, 10-second sprints and forget it. Like, sprinting, no. absolutely young man's game. No, no there's, some, there's some muscle in my hamstring that was never there before that immediately <laughs> like gets pulled. And it's just like, no, you're never going to do this again. Well, that, I mean, like, so the one thing in refing is as the back judge, I got to sprint all the time. Oh, my it's fine. Wow. So you still got it. I still got, like I, I got to beat that. I got to beat that receiver to the end zone, you know, as the back judge. And so, yeah, I get to get out and sprint all the time. So it's fun. I think I would struggle big time to hit a baseball now, which drives me bonkers that, mm. you know, I, I haven't tried in a while, but I think I would struggle big time to hit a baseball, which doesn't make me feel good about myself. 
Well, yeah, well, well Brian from Woodbury still hitting b- bombs and winning titles and stuff yeah. like Honestly, that. Honestly, so. I still think I could hit a bomb anytime I wanted to. Like, I have no reason <laughs> to think I, I have like not. If, just like if a real pitcher burrito? was pitching at you, though? Like, Oh, yeah, for sure. I think I, I do. Stuff like that, I'm like, I bet I still got it. With no, I I've never been able to baseball my whole life. There's no evidence to the contrary. I can't right now go downhill on a bike as fast as I could five years ago, but I've noticed, and I'm also just not riding as frequently as I was then, but I have noticed there's this curve in riding with people around here is that the young guys will go downhill super fast. Middle-aged guys sometimes slow down a bit. And then the older a cyclist gets, the faster they go downhill. <laughs> it's like, like, don't give a shit anymore. So it's, all about, like, it's all about, the, yeah. What, what do you, I mean, you know, you've got kids. You got to be right. careful when you're younger. You can carry less. And when right. you're older, you're like, oh, fuck. Got to get the jollies going somehow around here. If it's riding the bike downhill fast, that's what it's going to be. Yeah, I've got love insurance my or life insurance. My loved ones will be fine if love I have insurance. anything right. yeah. I need here. Yeah. Russell, what's, what's something you don't do anymore? Well, you don't pick fights in the park. I don't pick fights. You know what? I, I would I would say five, ten years ago, I would have gotten in that argument with the two guys like lickety split because I, I would have just I would have yeah. thrived off of that type of thing. And I just don't I don't want that shit in my life anymore. I, I'm a walk away. I'm a walker. I'm not talking on that thing. Love it. Next song on the list, 1988. This is Rod Stewart. I think Rob talked about a Rod Stewart song a while back, wasn't it? He did an Elton John song, Rob, and you wanted to play it at your wedding. Yeah, wasn't that your right? song. I but like, I figured uh, you didn't give him props. You made fun of Rod Stewart, but I thought we could honor Rod Stewart, and this is Forever Young. Great song. This is such a good song. And I got to say, too, does anybody have anything real to say about the song before I do my no, go bit? For it. I'm just enjoying Rod's voice. Like, how does he do that, man? He just nails this thing. Thank you for saying you enjoy my voice, Aaron. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I think the thing that makes me think about, I think about being young, because I, I remember listening to this song when I was younger and thinking about that rumor that Rod Stewart had to go to the hospital because he had so much semen in his stomach. What? Yeah. You didn't ever hear that rumor that he had to go to the hospital to get his stomach pumped because he had too much semen in it? No. No, that would miss me. Do we have a legal document? So I guess that's something. You, you said earlier, what are you passing down to your kid that you don't think other people are passing down? I guess that's one of them. Because I knew that. Listen, if you knew that rumor, uh, can you text in 802-277-BECK and just put, I remember. Okay, hashtag I remember. It's going to let me know if anybody remembers that rumor or if it was just something I heard. Maybe from a hospital, think- HIPAA. I mean, come on. I think this song is really about maintaining a positive attitude as you get older, right? And staying young, even as you get older. And I was thinking about that this week. I was like, you know what? I went to Vegas for six days. Like I still got it. I was showing, I still got it. I'm curious, even though you guys are older, what are some things that you're still doing that are showing, Hey, I'm still vibrant. I'm still young. I'm still into, into life here. Drinking the star special at the Kingfish, man. I can still do a shot. Of beer. <laughs> did shot did of I beer. get it? Yeah, did I get a gout flare up the next day? Of course I did, but yes, I still can go out and drink, <laughs> drink a shot of beer. Wow, this is sure going to give me gout. All you young guys over there agree? You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, you you think gout's really bad? It's actually not. It happens all the time. I'm just going to get a flare up. I, I actually have I've, medicine already to go for it. It's all it's all lined up. The one thing I can do is we have retaining walls in the backyard, and I and I can still pretend like I'm doing a box jump onto the retaining wall. It's about two feet high, but you know I can nice. still jump all the way up onto the retaining wall. I can still smoke kids in video games. I, there's a yes. website where you can play kids in Tetris. And so I'll play my class in Tetris. I win every single time. 
I, I'm too good. They're, they can't handle, they're like, what is this game? What is that? And I'm like, shut up. You're going to get beat by me right now. It's great. Rob, you also crush people in weightlifting competitions, but technically you keep going up in the age bracket. So yeah. I don't think that really counts. That's for it no. no, it doesn't because, and plus the way I look now, like I kind of, <laughs> like when I'm at the gym now, I realize who I look, you know what wrestler I, I look like now? Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Like I've, I've gotten the Hacksaw Jim Duggan body. <laughs> And it really is a bummer because nobody ever, even at the height of his career, nobody's ever like, boy, he's got a great body. Like nobody ever said that. Hey, when we're, when we're in Vegas on January 21st to the 23rd this year, you have to carry around a two by four with a flag stapled to it. I I definitely have to. I have to. (laughs) And I'll be in my Navy white. So that'll make sense. All right. We're going to skip the next song or the last song on the list. This is five for fighting a hundred years. You guys know this one? Oh yeah. Oh, of course. Oh, okay, yes. Yep. Never this is all about the struggles of going from youth to a midlife crisis to death. Like, he's reliving all these different ages. And the most interesting thing about this song is that the melody is actually sampled from the opening song in this album. The melody from this song is sampled from Plain Song on this album we're listening to what? today. Yes. That's incredible. Wait, I don't know if we'll be able to find him. If you go back and listen to Plane Song at the beginning, it's the same. Let's melody. just see. There's a chance that we're going to be able to find. I don't him. know if we'll be able to find. Him. It's a great tie-in. I. Yeah, I hear, I it. hear it there. Yeah, pretty oh my awesome, God, huh? Russell. Five for Russell, fighting. That's that's rad. That is wild. You have to be think they were heavily influenced by The Cure, right? Oh, I mean, yes, I, he must have listened to this album so many times. I would say a judge would also say they were heavily influenced by the cure, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Russell. So that was the that was the list of songs about getting older. Oh my God. I feel great. Don't sleep great tonight. Really appreciate you bringing that to us, Russell. That was fantastic. Oh, I wasn't one, quote I did, one quote I did read, which I'm going to leave all our listeners with, including Brian from Woodbury, is... Every moment of your life is the oldest you've ever been. Yeah. So this moment right now is the oldest you guys have ever been. That's, oh, I the, love it. They maybe have, Giants have a whole song about it. Uh, all right. Now we have Love Song. This got up to number two on the charts. It was their most successful single ever. Such a great song. This is the one he didn't like, though, right? He said this was kind of like a love, a more straightforward pop song type thing. And he, he said it was the worst song on the album, I believe. Oh, really? Well, it's so yeah, different. Like it. It's a totally different song than the rest of the album. God, I love it. It sounds so good. This, see, though, this, so the first three sounded like stadium anthems to me. You know, mm-hmm. this one sounds like it's going back five years from where it was and it's kind of more early 80s. Totally. Song, but yeah, I agree. Next up, Last Dance. I think this was the first of two songs that had a lot of whispering on it. There were two straight songs with a lot of whispering, not just a little bit. I was like, there there may be a a limit on how much whispering I can do on my top 500 albums. I am going to say this album 1000% passes my college vibe check. You put this album on, you were setting a vibe in your room. You play lullaby. You're setting a vibe. Don't come talk to me. Right. I mean, Leave me alone. Russell. Let me cry in the dark. This song is called Lullaby Russell. <laughs> Rob, he's the song's, narr- the song's narrator describes a nightly visit from menacing Spider-Man, who is always hungry, looking for a victim shivering in bed. Oh. I was it's reading like, about this one, too, and I, he said it was inspired by, uh, this. is it Robert Smith? He's inspired by a song his dad would sing to him as a kid. Jeez. And his dad would do these really creepy lullabies where he'd say, 
sleep now or you won't wake up at all. Can you imagine what kind oh, of God. what kind of insane parent tells like creepy lullabies forcing their kid to go to sleep? Have, have you guys ever heard like what is it, the Brothers Grimm, like the actual fairy tales, what they actually are? Like there's a podcast that my kids listen to oh, yeah. and and Sarah listen. I'm like, what yeah, are no, you guys listening like, to? Like and they like like little yeah. little mermaid Hansel like little mermaid, she dies at the end. Like, yeah. you know, Hansel and Gretel, yeah. they get cooked in the oven. Like, it's a whole right. thing. Kids cooked in an oven. Yeah. yeah. You know, so at, the end, of, uh, at the end of Beauty and the Beast, the beast dies from an anal bleaching. Gone wrong. It's a, it's terrible. <laughs> it Too many scrapings. Well with the fur that was back there. Huh? No. <laughs> the anal bleaching place loses their license, and it's a terrible tragedy. If, if I asked you right now, is there a picture online? Is there a picture online of the beauty putting the beast poop into a bag and throwing it in a garbage no, can. No, no. Does that exist online, do you think? That picture. <laughs> what are you doing? No. Like where Is she's picking, you know, What's must pick up after like? your pet and it's like the beauty of the beast. I bet that exists. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Rob. No, Why don't you check it out? You guys are lucky it's so late. <laughs> Next up, we have Fascination Street. Oh, sounds like Rob has a fascination. What? No. Whoa. This is heavy. This song became the number one single on Billboard's uh, new thing that they made up called the Modern Rock Tracks. It stayed on top for seven weeks. Modern Rock Tracks. Modern also rock. known yeah. as songs that suck. Well, Matt, see, now Matt, it became, you know it became alternative. Ahead, it became alternative. And there's been one artist that had the longest space between their hits on the alternative uh, charts. You know who that artist was? The longest between their first and second hit on the mm-hmm. track? Who was it? Beck did it better. Beck, oh, had, like, hey. Beck had like a 25-year hiatus be- between his two number one alternative songs. Wow. It's true. What were you going to say, Aaron? Well, I wanted to know if, uh, I mean, I think Matt's probably our top Nine Inch Nails fan aficionado on the podcast. Do we know if Trent Reznor was a fan of The Cure? I feel like I have no idea. I don't some know. of I this think about that. You can hear some of that, yeah. To me, it's, but I mean, he, he yeah, could have no, especially on that. To be anywhere. honest, to be honest, I listened, you know, the first four or five songs on this album that uh, I thought were awesome. And I'd listened to them in heavy rotation. The back half of this, I just, I started to just skip over it. It's kind of a drag. I just got, it because be- drags on. It yeah, becomes uh, much more gloomscapy and much yeah, less it does. Like, musical. Uh, prayers for rain. Aaron, you were you were right before we go to the next one. You were right. Trent Reznor inducted the Cure into the Rock and Roll oh, Hall of Fame. Wow. So you were That's spot on. Okay. Oh my God! You know what? I bet he did listen to him. Then that makes me think he did listen to him. <laughs> prayers for rain. Matt, this was my guess for your 100 song. I don't know why, but this was my guess. Interesting. I, I don't know why. This would be Maybe such there's a, some part in some part later in the song that jumped out. Yeah. This would be such a good karaoke song, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. Like you do this song, it's like seven minutes long. Everyone's like, why is this happening? You just like sitting up on a stool and brooding the whole time. I don't know. Tinny little backing track just doesn't quite capture the bombastic nature of this arrangement. I'm telling you, like, this is not a music I would want to listen to all the time, but it sounds so good. So well put together, I think. Like for what it's and trying to do. This one's got the one with all these guitar effects effects all over it, right? Yeah. And at the end, it ends with thunder, and it connects to this song, uh, The Same Deep Water As You. Great title, by the way. Great title. 
Rob, I sent you a clip for this song. If you can go to it, I think it's about 50 seconds into the song. I don't know if it's on the one I sent you or the one you have. Oh, I don't know. I just have the one I have. I put it to 20 seconds because that's what you said. Go to about 50. Okay. Listen, can you just go 50 and take a listen to this quick? I heard something on this, and it took me a second to click in my mind. I remember WWE wrestling superstar, Mr. Perfect. This sounds exactly like his entrance music. I guarantee the guy who writes the WWE... It sounds exactly the same, doesn't it? Oh, no. Yeah, they ripped it off 100%. Whoa! I mean, they just ripped it off. It's the same song, isn't it? Yeah, they just ripped it off. It's so strange. Absolutely perfect. It's so strange, because you would think... You know what wrestler I think would come out to cure songs? What was that? Sting. Undertaker. I mean, doesn't Sting look like he would be Robert Smith? It's kind of got a goth look to him. I think you're right. One thousand percent. Robert Smith takes off the mask, and it's Robert Smith below. Uh, All right. I should start a website. Like you know how there's like there's like there's like who sampled who and what song sounds like what song. I should have a a a website called like what WWF song is like which famous pop song. Oh my god, that'd be so good. Just they're just totally blatantly ripping off. So I'm looking this up, Mister Perfect. There's something called Exodus Theme. Is that the name of the song, Russell? Did you? I've got I've got perfectly perfect. Or I don't know what the oh, one I sent Rob song was called. Title. Even better song title. Sorry, that but one. I don't know too. if it's the same one or not, Rob, Matt. Why? Well, because that was stolen from a 1960 London Orchestra score or something like that. So maybe oh, we are just maybe. uncovering that the Cure. Oh, is, we got to pull this up now. Billy Vanilla in the thread, Mister Perfect Exodus. <laughs> Exodus theme. Oh, wait, it's on GrannyHands.com. Let me change it. <laughs> theme of theme Exodus. Of okay, sure. Oh, this is different. Let's see, maybe it will kick into that. (laughs) Jump it forward a bit. This is Mr. Mr. Perfect. Walk it out, yeah. I never heard this from Mr. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) This is Mr. Perfect fan, if I remember right, Russell. He was a good wrestler, technically. That's a perfect song for a guy coming out to wrestle, or if you are... Making a movie about cowboys in Wyoming and they're looking over a landscape somewhere. Like it's such a strange song to have as a wrestler. It's bizarre. Dis- disintegration. By the way, that last song in the same deep water view, he said that when he was singing, he said he was shocked that he could still care about music as much as he cared when he was making that song. He was blown away by it, which is great. Just awesome. Disintegration. One of the cure's best. This was voted fourth best song in a fan poll. I talked to somebody who's a big How would you describe how would you just Rosie what would you say about this song? How would you describe it in the album? The album or this song? Would Would you call this maybe the titular track? I would call this a titular track. A titular track, yeah. This is a titular track. Yeah. And you you know what the deal is though? This song is long, Aaron. It's a long titular track. It's long. These are some long titular tracks. I like I do like the songs better that have a bit more driving rhythm to them, which yeah. I think I've said many times about stuff that some of this stuff in the middle, when the drums kind of drop out, I get a little bit lost. I like this stuff where they combine the glooms what would you call it, gloomscape rob with like yeah. a little bit of rhythm. I, I think this is a good album to just put on if you're like I was gonna say doing something around the house, but this would be insanely depressing to also be like moving the dishes or whatever people do with dishes. 
moving. I don't know what people do. I don't clanking know. the dishes. Yeah, clanking the dishes while I'm trying to make a famous podcast here. <laughs> Homesick. This is the last song their keyboardist contributed a song to before he was kicked out for being too happy. Wait, is he playing a piano? So like there's piano in the mix here. Yeah, there's a. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. This. This is. A little bit of whispering here again. I don't know. Sludgy. It gets, it gets tough to get all the way through this album. Now we get to the final track. This is the opposite of a titular track because it's a track that Billboard claimed was so depressing that Robert Smith couldn't even name it. And to be fair, Robert Smith said this song is about how making an album is an utterly pointless occupation. Okay, so don't think what that means about making a podcast about making an a album. podcast about albums. Swings back around, it's actually good. It's important. We're doing important work for the culture. I love this, though. I do think it sounds so good. Is he a good singer, Aaron, or not? I don't know. I You know, I feel, I feel similar to him as I did about Morrissey, where, like, the stuff that's really on is really on. And then sometimes he chooses to do like non-singing kind of stuff. And I don't know, there, there are tracks here in the middle where I just, I get tired of his voice, but I, I do think that when he's really singing great, it's great. I think it's a little Ubu. I'm not going to lie, Russell. That's what I think. <laughs> Listen, that is it for disintegration. Okay. And, uh, I know what you're thinking. You know what, Which you integration? Know what's funny? You, you know what's funny? Would be funny, Rob. Is <laughs> Please tell me because I've been looking all night. I cannot find it. Uh, what would you describe an anal ass bleaching? Because it really isn't useful, but it's not ugly. So what would the what would the short name for that be? Well, unfortunately, it's Ubu because it's, it's unuseful and ugly. It's the same letters. <laughs> it's Upa, only one perfect asshole. That's because you're just going for that perfect asshole. <laughs> Oofa. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're striving for when you go in. Just you go in and say, "Give me that one perfect asshole." Do you think? At, do you think at the anal bleaching place, it's like a barber shop where they hold the mirror up at the end? Yes. And they're like, "Hey, what do you think?" And you gotta you look, have to, and you right? and you have to look and say, "Wow, that looks great." Because you can't. I mean, it's like you're going no. say no. You go in with pictures of the one you wanted to look like. Like, no, I didn't want yeah. this one, but that one over there. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Oh, between actually, like nine and eleven o'clock, can we kind of maybe clean <laughs> that up a little bit? <laughs> yeah, there's still some scrapings on there. I see. The fade over on the right isn't quite what I was looking for. Yeah, it's it makes you realize that. Oh, it just makes the rest of the area more brown. Like, no, my nine. Okay, okay. So yeah, okay. Between four and six. Yeah, my nine and eleven. Your four and six. Okay. Yeah. Looks looks fantastic. <sighs> just thinking about things, guys. Just thinking about getting older. Russell's list actually really bummed me out big time. Oh, I thought it was a positive list. Well, I mean, hey, it, that's kind of like this album, right? We we've got this album coming in at one sixteen. Okay, uh, one sixteen, and is this a positive thing like Russell thinks his list about getting old was the very positive things of getting old and songs about getting old. Uh, and by the way, I'm glad you didn't include the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald on there because that uh, had made two previous lists, Russell, so we couldn't use it, but that's also about getting older <laughs> because you start thinking like, hey, maybe a job where I'm on a boat away from my family for months at a time, actually not that bad. doesn't sound that like a big of a deal. sounds good. Uh, is this album good? Is this a place at 116, a good place to put this album? Listen, we wanted 80s pop and we kind of got 80s pop here a little bit. <laughs> um, 
And if you agree at 116, this is a rolling well-toned. If you think this album should have been higher, okay? I mean, think about all the other Gloomscapes albums we've done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Should this have been higher than those? That would be a rolling bone. It should have been up higher. It should have been better. Or is this list a lot like getting older, okay? Anytime you stand up or sit down, you know what sound's going to come out. <laughs> oh, yeah. this Is this album a rolling groan? Should not have been at 116. Should have been farther back. Russell, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling groan? I'm kind of torn on this one. I enjoyed some of the synths and some of the, or I don't know if you'd call it orchestral or what you'd call the music, kind of the vibe that it gave you. I don't know if you guys called it soundscape or what the right term is for it. But it was really beautiful to listen to, and you can kind of sit back and be introspective while listening to it. But for me, I, I read that this, um, you know, they were big, one of the biggest bands in the world. They were selling out like Wembley Stadium and Giant Stadium in 1989. That's when that's when I was a kid, and I don't even remember listening to any songs from The Cure. <laughs> so I think it's kind of weird that they were so huge when I was a kid, but I'd had, I don't know anything about them. I would have never known that they were a big band. So for me, it's kind of weird that they're this high on the list, but I, I definitely see how they could be very influential for future bands, but... For me, it's just probably not what I'm going to come back and listen to over and over. So I'm going to say it's rolling groan. It's too high on the list. Rosie, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling groan? Robert Smith and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, as we talked about, this album starts out great. The first four to five tracks, I think they really make a cool sound. They set the stage. I think that that's kind of when you guys ask about what I think Robert Smith's voice. I think on Pictures of You, that's when it's at its best. Uh, but just the rest of the album to me just doesn't live up to the to the first half. It got kind of long. It lost me a little bit. And uh, we talked about 80s pop, but still no Madonna. So I think I'm going to have to call this one a ruling. Huh? What? One of these kind of sound didn't. I mean, come on. You don't think this sounded a little bit like Vogue? Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah, you're totally right. But I just think that like... I just don't know as an album that girls for me, just want to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it for the boys. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Matt, what do you think? Rolling Well Toned, Rolling Bone, or Rolling Grown? To be fair, I wanted to hear 80s synth pop. You Uh-oh. guys wanted to hear 80 pop. I wanted to hear 80s synth pop. So I absolutely loved listening to this album. Listened to it multiple times. And then started just listening to the first four or five songs. And then started diving into, is this like depressing synth pop, you know, compared to like In Excess and, you know, the Pet Shop Boys. And, I, you know, I really started getting into what kind of synth, 80s synth pop do I like? And this mm-hmm. is the stuff I like, the depressing alternative oh stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Think about getting old and all this stuff, and so, so this is stuff like so I, I, I. This is the era and the music that I am into right now, trying to figure out what exactly my avenue is um, well, you, you, in this. So I loved listening to this album. You love that Kate Bush album too, right? Yeah, yeah. no, it was great. Sounds a lot you know, like things it. like that. Um, Talking Heads I was listening to a lot of Talking Heads yep. lately. You know things like that. Uh, Pet Shop Boys, little poppy, a little weird. I don't know. Not yeah. not into them as much. But trying to figure out it, it, to Rosie's point, and I think we've all said it that the first five, four or five songs, excellent. The bottom just falls out on this album. So I'm going to say it's roll. It should be lower on the list. Should be meaning it has a higher number. So that means it's rolling grown. I haven't given a rolling grown in a while. Is that is that rolling grown is that it? means it shouldn't be so high. It's not very good. 
Yeah, so, so I think it should be you know on the list, but it shouldn't be this high up. There's plenty of albums that are a little bit more fuller and uh, more complete, if you ask me. Yeah, I think this is an album where like if you're just depressed about like things, but you can't quite put your finger on it, this is the album to listen to. Yeah, if you're depressed about Siamese you, Dream by uh, yeah. Smashing Pumpkins, listen to that man. That'll put you in a really weird if, spot. If you're depressed and you know exactly what's bugging you, go back and listen to The Smiths. Like that's a much like direct. This is I kind like of that. more. More roundabout. Yeah. You're so funny, man. The stuff you're listening to, it's just so funny to me. <laughs> I think this is a rolling depression. I mean, this again. Wait, this can't so be our first rolling depression. This was uh, the Smiths two weeks ago. Was a rolling depression. <laughs> oh man, oh, that repeated bit. Where's, where's our song about the repeated bits? This is good night. This is the end. good night, guys. Guess what? You're the only ones who are ever going to hear this bit because this gets. <laughs> I got to tell you guys, you're all incorrect, okay? Because this gets a rolling integration. Integration. Disintegration. The one I'm talking about right here. This is is the album, and definitely not a rolling integration. Because I already did that one for the Smiths, and I remember that. Uh, Listen, this is is like an album, though, where he is going through it, and he's talking about it. And, like, he's having a rough time, and things are not going well. Uh, And he has the ability to talk about it and express his feelings instead of just not talking to his wife and hoping things get better like that, <laughs> that's not as good of a way to solve the problem. Okay. And I wrote these notes a week ago. I just want to remind you. So things are going fine now. I thought this was for sure a segue into next week's album. No, about going through no. some stuff. T- Ironically, a trip it. to the apple orchard improved my marriage. It was why it's a, I got to tell you guys that story. That's a wild story. Rob, was that ranking before or after your wife heard you playing the the song where you were clanking pots oh, and pans? Everything's it's it's like my marriage is like it's BC, no P, PD, past dishes time. Like that's <laughs> my marriage before the dishes and after the dishes. Next up, we look at a TV channel that only showed Kathy Lee's co-host after eleven p.m. What? It's late Regis Station by Kanye West. <laughs> Late Regis Station. Guys, I'm not saying that it's a grave digger, but you couldn't possibly make the wheels bigger. That's a little taste for the parody song. It's about grave digger, so we have to talk about grave digger now, so it works. Beck did it better. Guys, I actually came across an old magazine in my basement, a penthouse, and I thought I would read you the Dear Penthouse Letter. Is that what it's called? The Penthouse Letter, Rob? What's it called? I thought it was the forum because it's actually like the Greeks. It's (laughs) actually, yes, it's the forum. It says, Dear Penthouse. Then later on, on the drive home, I called Rob's wife from a payphone. (laughs) I said I was the cops and your husband's in jail. The state looks down on jokes about anal bleaching. What's my age again? (laughs) (laughs) Russell, I would pay $780 for that. Easy. That's a no brainer. I'll go to the concert with you, Matt. All right. Oh, you guys. I don't know how you put up with me. Oof. I was, I, was, I could not find it today. Cool. Goodbye. We got to play goodbye. Yeah. It's time to say. It's time to say. Oh, how's, Bri- how's Brian's kids going to know the show's over? Yeah. <laughs> Get to the next one. <laughs> it's time to say. Are we talking about the Viking? Are we talking about the...
Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to be an NFL player and I decided not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> 